your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 660-something of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, going to continue our fun-filled off-season series here where we just basically go right through the roster. I project the 20 players that I think will be dressed on opening night. And we take a look at their season prospects and we do it by way of a best case and worst case scenario discussion. Uh, We're going through, like I said, the entire roster. We've already covered all the forwards. We've already covered the three guys that I will think will be the three left defensemen on opening night. So if you miss any of those episodes, you can certainly go back and catch them. They'll be pretty easy to find. Uh, But today we're going to shift our attention and point the spotlight at the three individuals who I think will start the season as the Rangers three right defensemen. And what better place to start than with Adam Fox, uh, just one of the absolute most elite defensemen in this league, even at such a young age of 24, won the Norris Trophy when he was just 23. Just absolutely crazy what Adam Fox has been able to accomplish in a short amount of time with the New York Rangers. As far as his contract is concerned, uh, as we all know, he got a big-time payday and a massive contract extension, deservedly so, excuse me. Uh, But he is about to begin year one of a seven-year contract extension worth a total of $66.5 million. It has an annual cap hit of $9.5 million. Uh, In years four and five of this deal, he has a full no-move clause. In years six and seven, he has a modified no-move clause that will allow him to block trades to 16 teams at that time. As far as what he did last year, 78 games, Uh, he scored 11 goals, he dished out 63 assists, so that's a total of 74 points, goals, assists, and points, all new career highs for Adam Fox, and keep in mind, this is somebody that won the Norris the year before, and then put up even bigger offensive numbers the following year, pretty crazy to think about. Uh, Also noteworthy that 33 of his assists were on the power play, which obviously was a strength of the Rangers this past season, that also was a career high, another career high in shots on goal with 158. He averaged 23 minutes and 54 seconds of ice time per night. That was actually down from the previous year of 24-42. Might not be the worst thing, though. You want to preserve him a little bit. Uh, And also a career high in block shots with 128 of those and 30 hits. And then the playoffs, played in all 20 games for the Rangers, scored five goals, uh, picked up 18 assists, and he got an even plus minus. So taking his game to even new heights in the playoffs, you know, for the most part, he was absolutely fantastic through that run. I think, you know, everybody didn't play so great in games three and four against Pittsburgh, and Fox was no exception. Besides that, he was absolutely fantastic when it mattered the most. As far as a worst-case scenario for Adam Fox, this is not easy. I've mentioned a couple times on here that there are certain players on the Rangers that are just very reliable, very steady, have a ridiculously safe floor, a pretty high floor, and in some cases an even higher ceiling. So it can be difficult to come up with worst-case scenarios for some of these players. For Adam Fox, worst-case scenario, he doesn't win the Norris. You know, I mean, he won the Norris Trophy two years ago, and then this past season he finished in fifth place. So I guess in a worst case, 
maybe he falls out of the top five. I mean, even if he does, I think he's still going to be one of the elite defensemen in this league. Uh, I suppose also in a worst-case scenario, maybe he almost kind of becomes a victim of the bar that he has set for himself because we're at the point as Ranger fans where we're basically expecting perfection or near perfection from Adam Fox. It's kind of similar to the situation with Artemi Panarin. And something that those two players have in common is that they're both about to enter year four. And again, we've seen them just do so many incredible things, so many, uh, you know, highlight real worthy moments that you almost start to take it for granted just a little bit. And like I said, you start to expect and maybe even demand perfection from both of those players, Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin. And I think that's even more true with the aforementioned pay raise. You know, Fox goes from making 925 k a season, which is what he made this past season, to $9.5 million per season for the next seven seasons. So that's obviously quite the difference, but it's also completely warranted. If he's not been the best defenseman in hockey over these past two seasons combined, uh, he is certainly in the conversation, as his Norris Trophy will attest. Uh, Fox's cap hit, you know, $9.5 again, that can also limit what the Rangers can do as far as free agency going forward. But it's not like it's a bad contract. I mean, this is Adam Fox, again, an elite, just incredible defenseman. And you're not going to be able to sign somebody like that for cheap. So for me, $9.5 million a season, yeah, it's a lot, but he's worth every single penny. And that's the going rate for a phenomenal all-around defenseman who is still only 24 years old, regardless of what the salary implications might be. Uh, that's all I can come up with as far as worst case from Adam Fox. So best case scenario, how about two Norris trophies in five years? I mean, honestly, why not? You got to figure Adam Fox in terms of points is going to be at or near the top of the league, especially in assists when it comes to defensemen. And as far as you know, what he does defensively, he's just as good there. I've talked in the past. I've marveled at his ability to defend the odd man rush, specifically the two-on-one. Never really seems to get caught out of position. Just a rock-solid defenseman. He's out there on the power play. He's out there on the penalty kill. Truly the total package, if ever there was one. And somebody that I think, once again, in a best-case scenario, you could be looking at two Norris trophies in three years. I might have said five years a second ago. Two Norris trophies in three years for Adam Fox. And that would be quite the accomplishment, you know, doing that before you even turn 25 years old. I think also, in the best case, career highs in just about everything. He had 11 goals this past season. He can beat that. You know, Fox is able to drive to the net. We saw him do that on occasion these past couple seasons. Uh, he sees the ice very well, makes very smart decisions with the puck. He's always out there with good forwards as well. So he'll get a, a chance for a new career high there. Obviously, as far as assists are concerned, I mean, that's not going to be easy to do to top 63 assists, especially for a defenseman, but that's within reach for Adam Fox for basically all the reasons that I just mentioned. Uh, I think also in a best-case scenario, Adam Fox can lead the Rangers in power play points. Now, that's not going to be easy either because he typically shares the ice with Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and whoever the fifth uh, power play member will be for that top unit for the Rangers. So there's obviously a lot of points going around there. But man, Fox, when the Rangers score a power play goal, he usually has his fingerprints on it one way or another, even in situations where he doesn't necessarily get credit with an assist. A lot of times he'll start the play and somebody else will finish it. But uh, yeah, you know, Adam Fox, again, in a best case scenario, uh, more than capable of leading the Rangers in power play points and also helping the Rangers have the absolute best power play in the league. You know, we've kind of gotten used to the Rangers having a fairly elite to legitimately elite power play unit. The only thing left to do, be the best in the league. And I think with the players that the Rangers have, and with Adam Fox kind of being uh, the quarterback of the top power play unit, I think it is certainly within reach. And uh, let's build on that once again here. Let's also say that he leads the Rangers to, 
we'll say like a top five, maybe even top three finish in the penalty kill because that's been a strength for the Rangers as well. They've been very, very good in special teams over these past couple seasons, last year specifically, and Adam Fox has had uh, a lot to do with the success of both the power play and the penalty kill, perhaps more so when you combine the two things than any other player on the New York Rangers. And that's with apologies to Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad because they do a phenomenal job with both the power play and the penalty kill as well. But Adam Fox, man, leading the way uh, for both of those units. Uh, I think with, uh, along with Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, in a best-case scenario, becomes one of the leaders of this team, and more specifically, of the blue line. You know, Fox has always kind of struck me as kind of a lead-by-example kind of guy, but it's year four for him, and as far as Ranger defensemen go, I mean, he's actually one of the grizzled vets, which just kind of sounds funny to say because he's only 24 years old, but consider, on opening night, we might be looking at Fox, Lindgren, Truba, Miller, Schneider, and Jones as the six defensemen. Uh, he's a veteran compared to most of those guys. So I wouldn't mind seeing Adam Fox take on even more of a leadership role. You got to figure, I mean, again, elite defenseman, and there's guys that are, you know, just getting started in their NHL careers. And despite the fact that, once again, Fox is only 24, there's a lot of guys on that blue line that are even younger that kind of look up to him a little bit, you would have to think. So maybe he takes on a little bit more of a leadership role this season in a best-case scenario. And I'll also throw out one other thing here. Maybe just a little bit more physicality from Adam Fox. If there's one thing that his game lacks, it's that he doesn't really rack up a ton of hits. Not that you have to do that to be an effective defenseman. Obviously, Adam Fox is living proof that you don't necessarily need to do that. And of course, his defensive partner, Ryan Lindgren, is going to take care of a lot of the physicality. But Adam Fox in 203 career regular season games, just 88 hits. So it hasn't really been part of his game. Maybe just maybe he starts to throw his weight around just a little bit more this upcoming season. Even if he doesn't, he'll still have a tremendous season. But that's really the only area of his game that has been lacking really at all. And it hasn't really been to the detriment of him or the team. It's just something that you kind of notice when you're you're going through the stats. And finally, I think also in a best-case scenario, uh, Adam Fox, maybe at some point this season, can elevate a Zach Jones or a Matthew Robertson. Now, I do expect the Rangers to roll with their traditional top four of Fox and Lindgren together, and then also uh, Miller and Truba together. But there was a situation a couple of seasons ago, two seasons ago, Zach Jones was called up toward the end of the year, and I think the Rangers, somebody might have been hurt or there was something going on there, but they actually... Uh, had Adam Fox and Zach Jones as the top defense pairing. And Zach Jones uh, looked pretty comfortable. He looked like he was, uh, you know, ready for the moment. And, you know, part of the reason for that, too, might be that the Rangers at that point probably weren't going to be going to the playoffs that year, and they wanted to get an extended look at Zach Jones. But Jones played well, and I think Adam Fox probably helped him along, you know, getting used to the NHL and all that good stuff. I mean, if I'm a rookie defenseman, and I have my pick of uh, somebody that I want to share the ice with, I have my pick of who I want my partner to be, Adam Fox is going to be pretty high on that list. So, uh, again, I don't think we'll see, you know, Fox and Jones or Fox and Matthew Robertson, but if it does, you know, have to happen at a certain point due to wanting to shuffle the deck or maybe somebody's out of the lineup, then maybe Adam Fox can help one of those two players, uh, you know, just get acclimated to the NHL or in Zach Jones's case, uh, reacclimated to the NHL. So, those are all the best and worst case scenarios for Adam Fox. I think we're looking at another stellar season from Foxy. Definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do in uh, just year four here. Crazy to think about, you know, how much better he could get from where he already is to you know where he might end up. But uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling and talk about Jacob Truba in just a second. Going to look at all the best and worst case scenarios for Jacob Truba, fresh off of him being named the New York Ranger captain. And we will get to that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest 
football, league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's second week games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, we'll keep it moving right along here, and we will turn our attention to Jacob Truba, who I believe will open the season as the uh, right defenseman on the second pairing. Jacob Truba, now 28 years old, and as far as his contract is concerned, it's pretty hard to believe, but Jacob Truba is actually entering year four of his seven-year contract with the New York Rangers. Uh, the deal is for a total of $56 million, and he carries an annual cap hit of $8 million per season. For this year and next year, Truba still has a full no-move clause. And then for year six, he has a modified no-trade clause where he can block trades to 15 teams. Then in the seventh and final year of the contract, he can block trades to 12 different teams. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. But as far as stats go, last year, 81 games with the Rangers, a career-high 11 goals, 28 assists. He was a plus 25 204 shots on goal, averaged 22 minutes and 22 seconds of ice time per night. He also tied a career high with 177 block shots, and he set a new career high with 207 hits. Then in the playoffs, uh, 20 games, one goal, four assists, and he was an even plus minus during that time. In a worst case scenario for Jacob Truba, I think maybe some inconsistency. You know, if there's been any knock on Jacob Truba since he's come to the Rangers, and he can be a polarizing player at times, and I think the naysayers tend to go after uh, just the overall lack of consistency. He can be a little bit up and down as seasons, you know, progress. Uh, it seems like, you know, he'll go through a, a little bit of a funk every now and then, but he seems to get it straightened out pretty quickly as well. I think also in a worst-case scenario, Truba kind of finds himself as one of the targets from the Ranger fans partially due to the fact that he is now the Ranger captain. You think Ranger captain, you think Mark Messier and the guarantee, you think, you know, Ryan Callahan and all the grit that he brought to the table. You think Ryan McDonough, who was a block shot machine. Uh, if you want to go a little bit old school, you think about guys like Phil Esposito, Dave Maloney, all-time greats for this New York Ranger team. The list goes on and on. But if Truba struggles a little bit, he becomes a target of scrutiny for two reasons. One, as I just mentioned, he is now the Ranger captain. And with the Rangers coming off of a season that saw them get within two wins of going to the Stanley Cup final, you know, if the Rangers are to struggle this year, then maybe fans are going to target Truba because, oh, well, he's the captain and he's not a leader, which, by the way, probably would not even be the reason why the Rangers are struggling if they go through a funk at any point this season. But it won't stop certain fans from believing uh, the fact that Truba now has the C on his jersey is the reason why, and he might draw the ire of, you know, a certain amount of Ranger fans for that reason. You know, he's the captain, and we're going through a struggle, so it must be his fault, whether that's true or not. Uh, the other reason is that he's got a big contract, and as I've mentioned in the past, if there is one Ranger who I think is just a little bit overpaid, I would think that it's probably Jacob Truba, $8 million per season. Uh, to me, he is a heck of a defenseman. Brings a lot to the table, clearly plays a very big, very important role for this team, especially that he is now the captain. Uh, but if there's one player, once again, that I think is making just a little bit too much, it's just a little bit too pricey, it's Truba. It's not a terrible contract. You know, this isn't 
Jeff Skinner, who's at like $9 million. It's not Zach Parise at $7.53 million until he was bought out. It's not Eric Carlson at $11.5 million. It's nothing like that. But to me, it's a small overpayment for Jacob Truba. So for all those reasons, Truba could begin to hear it from the fans if he isn't playing well and or the team goes through a slump. Uh, the latter probably would not even be his fault, but once again, there is more responsibility that falls on your shoulders when you are the captain. I think also in a worst case, uh, he continues to have to fight for his life every time he puts a clean hit on somebody. You know, he was the target of, uh, you know, some controversy this past year. Every time he had a hit, people would be upset about it. And a lot of times somebody would attack him and he'd have to fight for his life. And I think for the most part, uh, Truba tends to keep it clean when he, uh, you know, lays the big hits on somebody. In a best case scenario for Jacob Truba, look, he fully embraces his new role as the team captain, becomes even more of a vocal leader, and ends up having his best season as a New York Ranger. As I mentioned, he is now going into year four with the Rangers. And by all accounts, uh, from year one to year two was when Truba really made strides in that leadership department. And it makes sense when you think about it. You know, you get in there year one. I'm sure you want to make a good impression, but you're also getting used to new coaches, new teammates, a new city, a new system, the whole nine yards, and just kind of getting a sense for the team dynamics. So you may not necessarily be the most vocal guy in there in year one, but it sounds like uh, he really stepped up in year two. Uh, there were reports that the Rangers were pretty close to making him the captain going into this past season. Uh, that obviously did not happen, but he is now the guy. And again, in a best-case scenario, he completely embraces that role and leads this team to the promised land. I mean, if the Rangers win a Stanley Cup, then Jacob Truba, as the captain of that team, he is instantly immortalized, regardless of what his numbers are in the playoffs or anything like that. You captain this Ranger team to a Stanley Cup, you become an, in an instant legend, excuse me, uh, in this city and for Ranger fans around the world. And if this team continues to do some of the things that it did last year, you know, plays with urgency, bounces back nicely from tough losses or bad performances, whatever it might be, shows good chemistry, then all that's going to reflect very, very well on Jacob Truba. And I think fans, once again, will really embrace him as the captain at that point. I think also in a best case scenario for Jacob Truba, if we want something a little bit more tangible, uh, he elevates the second power play unit. The Rangers' second power play unit this past season was something of a non-factor, didn't get a whole lot of ice time, didn't score a lot of goals, didn't even really create that many scoring chances. Uh, they did get a little bit better toward the end of the regular season last year, as well as the playoffs. And with Truba, uh, he's very likely not going to play on the top unit as he used to do with the Winnipeg Jets, because it certainly seems like that top unit will be Fox, Panarin, Mika, Kreider, and then probably either Lafreniere or Trocek or a different forward. I don't think they'll put Truba and Fox together on the top power play. So that leaves Truba on the second power play unit. And once again, if that unit is going to take off this year, or at least do a little bit better than they did last year, uh, he should be one of the guys leading the charge. He's got plenty of experience quarterbacking the power play. I mentioned his time with the Winnipeg Jets. He did it with them. Uh, his last season with Winnipeg, he had 18 points on the man advantage. And as we all know, he's a good passer. He's got a heck of a shot. Can really let it rip with that slap shot of his from the blue line. Uh, and someone who's just poised and, to me, plenty capable of helping this Ranger team on the power play. So he'll help the second power play unit take a big step forward in a best-case scenario. But more so than anything else, this to me is the biggest one. Jacob Truba, and, and this is especially true now that he's the captain, is just one of the tone setters for this New York Ranger team. You think about Jacob Truba, you think toughness, you think physicality, uh, punishing hits, old-school hockey, 
some snarl, some grittiness. Use whatever word you want to use, but you guys know what I'm talking about when it comes to Jacob Truba. You guys watch him play, and you know the kind of hockey that he plays on a night-in and night-out basis. This is not a pillow fight, and he's not looking to go out there and make friends. He's looking to go out there and wreck people, and for the most part, as I mentioned just a minute ago, his hits are very clean. Uh, there are times where he does kind of toe the line a little bit, but for the most part, I think he stays on the right side of that line, and he's not gonna he's not gonna cut you a break. You know, if Jacob Truba has a chance to put his shoulder into your chest and steamroll you, he's going to take that opportunity every single time. So uh, again, in a best case scenario, he's a tone setter, not just you know as the captain and what he says verbally, but by the way he plays on the ice and specifically uh, that physical brand of hockey that uh, most of us all know and love when it comes to Jacob Truba. So, uh, yeah, we're two-thirds of the way through today's episode. In just a second, we're going to uh, take a look at the third and final right defenseman who I believe will be out there on opening night for the New York Rangers, and that would, of course, be Braden Schneider, and we will do that in just a second. All right, going to go ahead and talk about Braden Schneider in just a second here, but first, there is some breaking news that uh, Tyler Mott, sadly, is no longer a free agent. I mean, I say sadly. I'm happy for Tyler Mott that he found a home here, but... You know, for those of us who might have been clinging to at least some hope that Tyler Mott could be back with the team, it always seemed like kind of a long shot to me, but uh, now we know for a fact that it will not be happening because Tyler Mott has signed a one-year, $1.35 million deal with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, I'm going to spend some more time next week uh, talking about this and, uh, you know, if there's anything the Rangers could have done differently as far as bringing him back, but I do want to give Tyler Mott his just due next week and, uh, you know, today we'll turn our attention back to Braden Schneider, but I will just say for the time being, that is an absolute steal for the Ottawa Senators, picking up Tyler Mott, again, just one year, $1.35 million. And while we're on the subject of next week, uh, the Rangers, Locked on New York Rangers podcast, will be going back to five episodes per week uh, for the rest of the season, the playoffs, the whole nine yards for a very long time, basically, as will every other Locked on NHL podcast. So definitely looking forward to that. But now we turn our attention back to what we're doing today. And we turn our attention more specifically to Braden Schneider. Braden Schneider, 20 years old. He actually turns 21 next week. He is in the second year of his ELC. He carries a cap hit of $925,000 per season. Made his NHL debut this past year. Played in 43 regular season games with the New York Rangers. Two goals, nine assists. So 11 points in 43 games. He was a plus five. 25 shots on goal. Averaged 15 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time per night. Also blocked 52 shots and dished out 60 hits. And then in the postseason, skated in all 20 games with the Rangers. No goals, three assists, and was a minus three in that time. Worst case scenario. There's one I just kind of want to get out of the way here because I think the chances of this happening are minuscule at best. But I suppose in a true, blue, totally worst case scenario, Braden Schneider does not actually make the Rangers out of training camp. Uh, to me... He did more than enough last year that uh, he should already have a spot secure. But you know how it is with these coaching staffs. You know, they want to make everybody earn it, especially the younger players. And, you know, Braden Schneider is, once again, just going to be 21 this upcoming week. So it could be a situation where, you know, they're going to challenge him and make sure he knows that nothing's going to be handed to him. But, you know, I would be absolutely stunned if Braden Schneider did not open this upcoming season on the opening night roster. You know, barring some kind of unforeseen crazy trade package where, where he's part of it, uh, barring any kind of an injury, but that kind of goes without saying. Brain Schneider's going to be out there on opening night, you have to think. So we got that one out of the way. As far as other worst-case scenarios for Braden Schneider, I think uh, maybe in a worst case, 
you know, call it a sophomore slump, call it growing pains, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the NHL season is a grind, and it's very likely that Braden Schneider this upcoming season will set a new career high in games played at any level of hockey. Uh, it is worth pointing out that he did play 77 games with the Brandon Wheat Kings in 2017 and 2018, combining the regular season and the playoffs. But even with that being the case, once again, very, very uh, conceivable that Braden Schneider will set a new career high in games played between the regular season and the playoffs for the Rangers in this upcoming season. And yes, the Rangers have to still make the playoffs and earn their spot and everything. But, um, you know, I, I think they will do that. And obviously, look, the, the competition is tougher too. So 77 games in the WHL doesn't completely equate to 77 games in the NHL. The NHL is you know tougher and everybody's moving faster. And I'm sure it's a little bit more of a mental grind as well. You get a little bit more beat up. So it's possible that this upcoming season is a grind for Braden Schneider. And maybe, you know, again, given the fact that he is still very young, he goes through, you know, his ups and downs, his peaks and valleys, and uh, is not above, you know, a slump at a certain part of the season. I think also in a worst case scenario is that he does not have a consistent defense partner. You know, the Rangers' top four seems to be pretty much set in stone, but, you know, think of how many different defensemen we saw on the bottom pairing this past season for the Rangers. You had Patrick Nemeth, Nils Lundqvist, Jared Tenorti, uh, Zach Jones, Libor Hayek, Justin Braun. There's probably a couple more that I'm not even thinking of right now that were there for just, you know, a game or two each. Um, but, you know, the third pairing, as a result, just was not all that stable for the Rangers this past year. And if you're a young defenseman like Braden Schneider, I think you can probably benefit from having the same partner on a night-in and night-out basis and just building chemistry with that partner. However, this also leads me very nicely into Braden Schneider's best-case scenarios. And the first one that I'm going to mention here is he gets to play not just with any consistent defense partner, but he gets to play with Matthew Robertson. Now, before I go any further here, this is not an endorsement necessarily for me to, to have Matthew Robertson on this team. Instead of Zach Jones, I think that the two of them should be allowed to basically just duke it out for that sixth and final defenseman spot, as should the rest of the young Ranger defenseman prospects. But if it ends up being Matthew Robertson, I think that's something that would benefit Braden Schneider. I think it would also be something of an upset. I think Zach Jones probably slightly has the inside track for that sixth and final spot, but Matthew Robertson is certainly somebody to keep an eye on. But by all accounts, you know Schneider and Robertson played very, very well together with the Hartford Wolfpack. They were the top pairing for the pack had good chemistry, and just did a really nice job overall with that team. So I think Braden Schneider, in a best-case scenario, he's not going to say this, but you got to think, I mean, if the two of them were close and they had that chemistry, I'm sure he wouldn't mind seeing Matthew Robertson uh, to his left on opening night this upcoming season. But we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. But to me, that's the best-case scenario for Schneider is he's got the guy that he's already familiar with uh, sharing the ice with him on the Rangers' third pairing. I think also in a best-case scenario... Braden Schneider earns even more trust from the coaching staff. You know, we've talked about this in the past. A lot of NHL coaches, Gerard Gallant included, tend to favor veterans. And the Rangers do lean pretty heavily on the top four defensemen. And it shows when it comes to time on the ice. Because you know, Schneider played very well last year. But he did it while averaging just 15 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time. If Schneider and whoever his defense partner turns out to be, if they play well, you could see a little bit more of an even split. I think for sure... The third Ranger defense pairing, no matter who it is, will be last as far as time on the ice, but it might creep up a little bit higher than that. And Brandon Schneider specifically can earn some, you know, more trust from the coaching staff. And as a result, more ice time as well. I think also in a best case scenario, we see Braden Schneider contribute a little bit more offensively. 
You know, Schneider in 2020-2021 had five goals and 22 assists as the captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WHL. The season before that with the same team, uh, 42 points in 60 games. With the Wolfpack last year, though, no goals and nine assists in 24 games. And then with the Rangers, just the 11 points in the 43 games and then three assists in 20 playoff games. So not sparkling offensive numbers for Braden Schneider with either the Pack or the Rangers this past year. But given what he did in the WHL, uh, I think a small jump in points could certainly be possible for Braden Schneider, especially in a best-case scenario, which is what we're talking about here. And I think also in a best-case scenario, we start to see Braden Schneider almost as like a mini Ryan Lindgren. You know, that toughness and the physicality and the hitting and just somebody that becomes a heart and soul kind of a player for this Ranger team, much in the same way that Ryan Lindgren currently is. I think Braden Schneider is well on his way to being, uh, you know, a Ryan Lindgren type. He already is a Ryan Lindgren type, but I think uh, we see even more similarities between uh, Lindgren and Schneider this upcoming season in a best-case scenario for Braden Schneider. If we start drawing comparisons between Lindgren and Schneider, if we're not doing that already, then that certainly bodes well for Braden Schneider, and we'll probably speak volumes about how well he's been playing, uh, you know, if those comparisons do come to fruition. But I think we can call it there. Uh, this is uh, essentially your final reminder for anybody that played in the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League this past season. I got to hear from you by end of day Friday for you to uh, reclaim your spot in the league. Some of you have already done that, and we've already gotten you into the league, and that's great. But if you're hearing this, and you played in the Fantasy League last year, you got to let me know by end of day Friday, because at that time, it's only fair if I open it up to, you know, people that did not play last year, and we've heard back from some of them as well. Uh, definitely send me an email or DM me on Twitter if you are interested, whether you played last year or not. We'll do what we can to get you into the league. And uh, definitely looking forward to that. And after that, once we get everybody all signed up, we'll figure out a draft date as well. And uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about what happened during Ranger rookie camp, specifically the two scrimmages or two games, whatever you want to call them, against the Philadelphia Flyers, which will occur on Friday and Saturday. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.